0: The Watch is the latest and the greatest in pop culture from best friends Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. Join them as they discuss TV, movies, music, and much more. Check out The Watch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's good to stay up to date. That's why you listen to all of your favorite ringer podcasts, right? And that's why the 2024 Nissan Rogue has Google built right into its 12.3-inch touchscreen infotainment system. With Google Maps, Assistant, and more, you can stay up to date on everything that's ahead without even needing to connect your phone. Find your next adventure with a Nissan SUV. Learn more about the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, and Armada at NissanUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy, and they call it sparked energy. Are you a spontaneous spirit who likes bringing a high-octane feel to the group chat? Grab a Berry Burst sparked energy. Love bringing that upbeat comedy vibe wherever you go? Turn the fun up to 11 with their peach sunshine flavor. Whatever your energy, Dunkin's here to match it with a revitalizing burst of caffeine and full-on fruit flavors. Even better, a medium-sparked energy is $3 now through March 19th. Drop by and get sparked by Dunkin. Sparked energy drinks are fruit-flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.
1: Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringers Nexus Podcast feed for all things fandom. We are Sick Steve Allman. We are Jomie the Traitor. <laughs> Jomie Benedict Adeneron. <laughs> Benedict Adeneron. Sounds Jomy. like that
2: sounds like sort loser talk
1: to me. Yeah, That's what that sounds like. We are All right, Kyle Kuzma, relax. We, we are Coke Baby Chuck. <laughs> AK Kobe, baby <laughs> Chuck, aka the closer, aka Clarence Darrow, aka Johnny <laughs> Cochran, Chuck, and we are Tragic Van Lathan, <laughs> old man, forget Van. They eat you up in the comments. It's all good. Together, we are known as the Midnight Boys. <laughs> I'll be- Okay, so I just want to get this out of the way. Congrats to Jomi and Mal, who presented an amazing case and are kicking our asses, stomping a mud hole in our ass. I just want to get this out of the way. We want to get this out of the way. We took an L. It's fine. We took an L. Again. We took... Fine. But let's be honest. More than anything, I took an L. (laughs) This is one of those situations. You remember LeBron in the 2011 finals against the Mavericks, where he only scored like three points in the fourth quarter of nine games consecutively? Took a step back and then he came back. Hopefully one day we'll come back. But I'll tell you one thing about this is I don't, I want no, I no longer want midnight courts with against Charles. I mean, maybe a couple of them. Every fucking midnight court from now on, every single midnight court is House of Midnight, Midnight Boys versus the House of Mal. Every single one. I won't get back. (laughs) Retaliation, revenge. And get back. Yeah, I won't get back.
3: I won't get back. I won't get back. Also, somebody call Kerm. Somebody call Lil Spidey. Because Jomi the Trader, I don't even know why you're on this recording right now. All right? Well, what are you you doing picked here? your team. You listen, picked man. your team. So played I don't even your hand. know why you're here. Listen. You played your hand. You played your hand. Listen, all I'm, all I'm hearing
2: is y'all lost. Y'all didn't have what it takes. Y'all.
3: All right, bench warmer. All right? Like, you acted like he gets one ring. Hey, listen, a ring is a ring. What you going to tell me? Though. That is true. Coast is still a wrote ring. a wing before Giannis. What you mean? That
1: is true. What I mean, I'm gonna mean? be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, no, nah, I love Joe I'm fucking like, with you, Joey. Nah, I love you. No, Congratulations. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. He betrayed the Midnight Boys. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. That's hey, true. Looks... Like, but but <laughs> but at the same but at the same time, that a ring is a ring shit is real. I saw Jack Haley. Y'all probably don't even know who that was. He stole a ring with the Bulls. Cause he was Dennis Rodman's pal or something like that. I saw him one time and people was getting on his ass in the airport and that man held up that ring. And it was the biggest get off my balls that you can really give to anybody. Like you, you ring Adam Morrison, two-time NBA champion. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Jomi contributed nicely to the win. So no, I'm, I'm
3: I'm totally joking. Jomi, you did your thing.
1: You did your thing. (laughs) New listeners. What we're talking about is we had an all-time midnight court. Emotions run, ran high. We debated Spidey versus Spidey, the best Spider Man, Tom Holland Spider Man versus Tobey Maguire Spider Man. We lost. Uh, Charles was absolutely brilliant. I was spirited, but not on my best game. And it was a lot, a lot of fun. And I think the real winners, of course, were Mal and Jummy because they won, but also <laughs> yeah. uh, the viewers. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. But now um, it's, it's created an intractable schism, is what it's created. Mm. Now, what we have is we, you know, you remember the dream team? Because this is what we are House of Midnight is the dream team. All right, it's everybody together. Like, we run this fandom thing over here at the Ring of Verse. House of Midnight is the dream team. But if you go by, back and you watch the dream team documentary, what was the most heated competition during the, the dream team's entire run? It was the practices when they were dream team against dream team. And that's how it's going to be in these midnight courts. I want all of you guys to come up with ideas for midnight courts and send them to all the socials so we can figure out what we can argue against Mal and Jomi. And by the way, I don't want to switch the teams up. I don't care if I don't care if I don't even agree with Charles. Okay. I like I will I will at this point the hatchet between me and Charles can be buried so that the fucking axe <laughs> can be built between me and Mal and show me.
3: No, it's on site. It's on site next time. Like, on, site. on site. We're not losing. It's fine. It's on site. It's on site.
1: We're 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 Drake. They're Kanye. Or they're Kanye. <laughs> we're Drake. It's on site. So I was like we're going to put your address up.
3: On no, in that, in that situation, we were definitely Kanye. We were definitely, we're definitely Kanye. You're all right. <laughs> right
1: all right. So this, though, getting into the now, is a bonus instant react podcast to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, a movie I've had the pleasure of seeing twice. Now, programming reminders. Next Tuesday, Mao will do a deep dive into Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And next Wednesday, we will be re- back to reacting to What If... Um, and the first edition of Midnight Mailback. So we've guys we're getting your mailback questions together right now. We're gonna have your mailback questions. Make sure that if you want your questions read on Midnight Mailback, that you you hit us with an email so that we can read your questions. And what are the exact parameters for Midnight Mailback? Uh, Steve, you can jump in and let the people
4: know right now. The at gmail.com. You can submit your voice memo questions uh they have to be under 40 seconds tell us one of your favorite midnight boys moments ask us your question and keep it nice and brief and uh yes. we'll remind you guys at the end of the episode
1: yes 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 is what we're doing okay uh, make sure you follow the Ringerverse on socials uh, facebook group twitter instagram all that stuff uh we know the Ringerverse has been in the mcu multiverse very lately but that's only because the mcu is on a hot streak uh, we promise you, though. There's going to be more content diversity soon. We're all about diversity over here, so look out for Star Wars Visions, Dune, DC Fandom, all of that stuff. We're going to be covering, and also some maybe some stuff that um, maybe we'll do an anime episode because I've been you really getting to. into anime because of you guys. Yeah, you know, I've been watching uh, Neon Demon, Evangeline Lily,
3: Neon Genesis Evangelion. God damn, man! Right, and 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 I
1: gotta be honest with you. I, what I need to know from the anime people out here, and Jomi, you can jump in if you have any answers. What's up? It, you know, because I liked Berserk back in the day, and that wasn't really just a barrel of laughs. Is there a happy anime? Is there an anime that is going to make me, because Neon Demon Evangeline Lily is very fatalistic. Is there an anime there's that going to be like a pick-me-up? Is there a plucky yes. one? Okay, There what's is a plucky one. one.
3: What's the plucky anime? All right, what are you in the mood for? Like, what are you, like what type? sports, fighting, heroes. My Hero Academia. We need you to watch My Hero yeah, Academia. Yeah. you would like that. What is it? What is it again? It's like My the... Hero A- Academia. imagine My Hero Academia. Imagine the X Men. Right. But just an anime.
1: Okay, and it's called Mikey. What? My, My Hero, Hero Academia. Academia oh, My Hero Academia. I thought you were saying. Mikey Rockadamia. <laughs> I was like, what kind of name is that? Why is he rockadamia? My hero academia? Yes. My hero Acadamia. Why don't you say it slow, bro? Y'all try to flex your anime skills on me. Like My Hero Academia. Okay, My Hero Academia. You'll love Virginia. it. If
3: you don't love it, you, you like you can never take another opinion from me, but I think you will love it. i che- okay, I'll check out Mikey Rock.
1: Make Mikey Rockadamia. I'll check that out. All right. Enough with the pleasantries. We're 10 minutes in. We've done our thing. Now it's time to dive into our conversation about Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten Rings, a very important and a very groundbreaking entry into the MCU. That means we've got to hit you guys with the spoiler warning. Please run that, Steve. We're getting ready to talk about the movies. You're listening to a reaction podcast the spoilers are coming i bet they are i bet they are all right so here's the deal charles i've seen the movie twice uh how many times have you seen shang
3: chi to this point i saw it twice i, I think twice. the first time i saw it you know it was a little jarring i was in a room full of critics. Nobody laughed. Nobody cracked a smile. So I was like, all right, I got to be with the people. You know what I'm saying? I got to see it twice. See what the audience is thinking. My, my girlfriend, I brought her. My girlfriend has seen like zero Marvel movies ever. She does not care. So I'm like, there's a good litmus test if she likes it. She went and that was, I needed to see it twice. Because I like the first time I had one feeling, the second time when I was with the people, I had another feeling. What about you then? The
1: first time I saw the movie, first of all, both times I liked it. I thought the movie was uh was a solid entry into the MCU. I liked it the second time better because I think there were certain things on the in the first time that I was so not off put by, but I was uh
3: they were so unexpected that I couldn't fall into the movie. And there's a twist that comes halfway through. And if you're not expecting it, if this is not your vibe, it can be very like, yo, whoa, 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 is this a different movie? And I think second time you watch it, you're like, oh, like you you expect it, you're a little bit more in it. Yeah, I totally agree. And you
1: and the, you know, you get to see the audience's reaction to it. And also, I'd say something else. Sometimes a byproduct of being in the position that we're in and having a podcast where we react to these things and cover these things is that it is it does sometimes subtract a little bit from us just purely enjoying the content because watching with a critical eye and watching with an open heart are two completely different things. So, it uh, movies that I even saw when I was a kid, they hit different because I was I was watching them just for... I was watching them just to see how good they were. I was watching them to be wondered and to be amazed. Now, that's not to say that we don't do that now, but it is to say that sometimes when you go into a movie with certain concrete expectations, uh, you have to make it a point to kind of, you know, Unmix that concrete and get back to the free flowing water that's it's that is its base so that things can come and things can go and you cannot stay connected to them you know uh and viewing Shang-Chi a second time, it kind of showed me uh maybe some of the hang-ups that I had in in the the first time I watched it doesn't mean it was perfect though doesn't mean it was perfect, but what I'm saying is I enjoyed it a lot much better the second time, and I enjoyed it the first time, so. Uh, that's a good sign for the movie that I liked it better the second time that I saw it. Um, right now it's currently got a ninety-two percent, Rotten Tomatoes with a ninety-nine percent audience score. Now I had gone on record in saying that that ninety-two percent wouldn't hold, but it's holding. Um, and it looks like Shang Chi is destined to go down as being one of the best-reviewed entries into the MCU. Ever.
3: <laughs> okay. What? I didn't say anything. Like I'll I feel like say- you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm on a high off the closing argument. I don't want. I don't want the fans to turn against me. I'm choosing my words very carefully. I enjoyed this movie. I love you, Simulu. Like I love this movie. Like I'm not like yo. You try. You're trying to get me in a trap, man. That's I'm what you're trying, trying to, to get do.
1: You in the, I'm not trying to get you in a trap. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna forget about the. The, uh, the the Rotten Tomatoes ranking right now. We're gonna come back to it in a second. Talk about the movie, uh, but right now I'm gonna give you guys the 90 second recap.
4: You can set the vibe, set the tone. What do you what do you you want? What do you want it to be like? All right. Uh, give
1: me a little traveling music. Okay. okay. Give me something. Give me something that's a little mellow, but up tempo is the same the, the same way. You know, give me okay. something. Give me something sweet.
4: Yeah, give, right. me something, give me something that like, makes me feel like a little daddy. I want to <laughs> be a little daddy. All right, let's All not right.
3: get weird. All okay. right. All right,
4: running in the clock. In three, two, one, go. The film begins
1: with a voiceover where we learn Shang-Chi's father, Wen Wu, is the sole possessor of the mystical and powerful Ten Rings artifacts. In search of even more powerful, powerful, power, Wen Wu meets and falls in love with Zhang Li, a woman guarding the gates of her mystic homeland, Tai Lo. The two get married, leave their mystical past behind, and start a new family. Uh, fast forward to the present day where their son Chongxi now lives in San Francisco after the death of his mother caused his dad to break bad again and raise Chongxi as a deadly assassin. Chongxi and his younger sister, who also escaped home, are eventually found by their dad, who reveals his plan of returning to Tao Lo with, to free their mother. We get a flashback to her death scene. When Wu believes his wife is still alive and is willing to burn Tao Lo to the ground for her freedom. Chongxi chi Accompanied by his buddy from the Bay, Katie, played by Aquafina, and his sister, runs to Trevor Slattery, the artist formerly known as the Mandarin from Iron Man 3, who is now a jester living in Chang Chi's father's dungeons. With the help of Morris, a mystical creature kidnapped from Ta Lo, Chang Chi's aunt hooks him up with, a dragon, with dragon scale gear as they prepare for the movie's final showdown. Chang Chi puts up a worthy fight and actually learns to control the Ten Rings before pleading with his dad to give up the pipe dream of saving his deceased mom. It's too late, though. When Will's actions caused the Dweller in Darkness soul-sucking dragon to break free and then kills one But the day is saved by Shang-Chi with Katie surprisingly landing a Hawkeye-level accurate arrow which turns the dragon battle tight. Shang-Chi and Katie then return time? to the base. Bayous- okay. I'll finish it. Shang-Chi and Katie then return to the Bay as Heroes, where dinner is interrupted by Wong. Wong plays a big part. During the mid-credit scene, Wong alongside Avengers Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel are stumped trying to figure out the Ten Rings artifacts and caution our new heroes that the trajectory of their lives has forever changed. Then in the post-credit scene, we see Shang-Chi Shusha taking control of her father's old operation with the title card promising that the new and diversified Ten Rings army will return. All right. I did my best, but to be
3: honest with you, there's a lot going on in this movie, guys. All right, the second time around, I watched the movie. I was like, "This movie is longer than That than yeah. I remember, I was like, "This is damn, this is like three movies." All
1: right, we have something new to share with you guys. It is called the Midnight Meter. It's a ranking, and I know you guys are used to rankings being one through twelve, but we're the Midnight Boys, Excuse one me. through ten. I know you guys are. I know you guys are used to rankings being one through ten. We're the Midnight Boys, which means we go all the way to Midnight. Our ranking is 1 through 12. Okay, As superfans, most movies will be in the 6 to 10 range. That's how things go. But 12 is reserved for game changers. We're talking about The Dark Knight, Endgame, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> movies Ooh. like that that are truly definitive and change the landscape of superhero movies. Just not a lot of them. Not a lot of movies out there like nah. Spider-Man 2 <laughs> that rethink the entire genre. Okay. Um now,
3: Midnight Meter, your ranking one through 12. What do you give Shang-Chi? I'm thinking an eight. I'm thinking a strong eight out of twelve. Eight uh, out of twelve, eight out of 12 is, is is I think that's what I'm going with. Let me do some math. You you tell me yours, and then I'll do the eight out of twelve. So I got nine out of twelve because it would have been I, I got nine out of twelve. So it's like between 6.5 and, 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 um, and 7 out of 10 is what I would have. Actually, so I let, got, me, let me do 8.5. I want to do 8.5 out of 12 because that's 70%. So I want to do 8.5 out of 12. 9 out of 12 is good for me. That's so, a, those are both healthy scores. Those are really, really healthy scores.
1: Very, very healthy scores. What I'll tell you is that Marvel is introducing a new character here. Marvel is introducing a new world here. And it's just been a while since they've had to bite that entire thing off. Right. It's been a it's yes. it's it's been a while since they've had to dive back into the place of introducing a brand new world, introducing a brand new set of skills, introducing a brand new power set, introducing a brand new mythos to to anyone. Um and I thought for the most part they did a masterful job of doing that. I cared about Shang-Chi. I cared about Katie. I thought Katie was great. I thought the movie had some surprises, like the Trevor Slattery stuff that really, really worked. Um, and overall. Your origin story film, besides the movies like Iron Man, is never going to be the strongest entry from your character. Uh, And I thought I came away, I had high expectations from this movie, and for the most part, the movie met the expectations. What about you, Charles?
3: I think this, this did what a Marvel solo movie has to do, which is basically make you believe that that actor is this character. I would say like Captain America, the first Avenger and has to convince you that Chris Evans is Captain America and Captain America lives in this World War II world. um, And it just has to sell that. Same thing with Thor, Iron Man, all of these things. And I think Shang-Chi, if you're grading it on that scale of like, oh, like, I want to see more of him. Is like Simulu a star? Do I want to see more of Shang-Chi? Yeah, it worked. Absolutely. That's what, like, I want to see this handsome man doing like all these martial arts, on a really, really big screen. And when I saw it, I was just like, yeah, I loved Simu. Like, if you've been listening to this podcast, I speak very, very highly of this man. Kim's convenience got me through much of the pandemic. And he's just like, yo, he's on his victory lap. I'm really, really proud of what he and, and the team did.
1: Um, So Shang-Chi is supposed to be and will exist in the Marvel Universe as not now just the wielder of the Ten Rings, but in the regular Marvel Universe, he is by far the most skilled martial artist that they have. Now, when I say by far, there are a lot of people who are going to jump in and go, Taskmaster's up there, Captain America's up there, even Iron Fist is up there, but Shang-Chi's reputation is of being a living weapon, a human weapon, and the master uh, of the martial arts. Um, With that sort of backdrop, that sort of bar set from the comic book, Source material. How did you feel that the fight scenes in this movie uh went? Do you feel like they lived up and delivered on Shang-Chi's martial arts prowess?
3: I think the fight scenes were the best part of the movie by far. The bus mm-hmm. scene, them fighting on the skyscraper, injected into my veins. That would like those, those were the high peaks of the movie where I'm just like, I guess the one knock is I'm just like, damn, y'all really showed me <laughs> of this in the trailers but even then, even with that, I was just like dog, I just want to see more of Shang-Chi just kicking ass in a bus. Like That was amazing. When it happened on screen for the first time I was like, yeah man, this is wild. What did you think of those those fight scenes? The skyscraper scene was
1: absolutely breathtaking. Bonkers. I loved it. I'll tell you why I like stuff like that. I watch it and I go these guys are so good at martial arts that they don't even care that they can fall off the building. They know their balance is that great. I always love it when martial arts guys fight on a piece of wood, or like levitating from a uh, a goddamn helicopter or something. But they don't care because they have such balance that they're that they're not even worried about that. They're worried about the fight. And his sister's there; she's throwing people off. Why Aquafina's there, they're they have to save her. I thought that Aquafina fell off the building, but then the sister swoops in and grabs her. Uh, it's just great. And I thought that the um. I thought that they delivered on making me believe that Shang-Chi was as good as he is. Now, they walked that back a little bit, to be honest with you, in parts of the movie. Uh, There definitely seemed to be people that were his martial arts equal in this film, like his sister. But at the same time, I didn't know in this film that he would take possession of the Ten Rings like that. So there's an extra added sort of power set that Shang-Chi, I guess, is going to have in the MCU.
3: Wait, really, really, really quickly. Talk about Shang-Chi's fighting. You know how on Twitter they had that dumb argument, like, who's like a real hooper? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is Shang-Chi like a scrapper like that? There were a couple of points in the movie where I'm like, dog, if you don't bust this man's ass, like, there was a couple of times where they're just like, he's the greatest in the world. And like you said, they were just like, nope, he's... <laughs> and that was, the, that was the moment where I'm like, man, Shang, if you don't kill this motherfucker, I'm
1: be so pissed. Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest with you when, you, when you make somebody the master of martial arts, that's a high bar because you ever watch like... Uh, I'm sure you watch kung fu movies... In a Kung Fu movie, the main character is very rarely the best fighter in the movie. The only that guy is who fair. Ever, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the only guy who really ever did that was Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee would be in the movie, and Bruce Lee would be like, I'm the greatest fighter that's ever lived. All right, send a million people at me. I'll kick all their asses. And if you cut me, I'll lick the blood. You cannot hurt me. I'm Bruce Lee. But in a lot of these Kung Fu movies that we see, there's always a teacher or somebody above him who is just so immensely untouchable that the same thing that the hero is fighting against, the teacher dispenses of dispenses of in, like, three moves. I was wondering which way they would go with Shang-Chi. If Shang-Chi would just be completely untouchable by these guys or if he'd be a guy that's better than them but still has to expend a little energy to get past them, and I think they went with option number two here.
3: Do you think Damian Wayne could beat Shang-Chi really quick?
1: No I don't think that any of the Batman-esque people I know that you can't. I really looking, tried to sneak that in You're riding with this I don't think that any of the I think Batman can people, still
3: get him though No he can't Batman can't get him bro Batman Yeah because can't like Shang-Chi's Shang Chi. not a scrapper like that That was my only thing Like he don't got the heart for it He was about to kill the guy And I'm like alright yeah the dryer. Get that kunai right into his chest But he don't got the heart for it
1: But, but let me yeah. What's this Batman thing? Shang-Chi is washing Batman in martial no, arts. No, he's not, bro. Yes, he is, bro. If, if, Shang-Chi, if Shang-Chi can't be Batman in martial arts, then what does Shang-Chi have? Like, if he can't be Batman in martial arts, what does Shang-Chi have? And by the way... Just give Batman some preparation time. <laughs> by the way, they already made this movie. They made this movie where the white guy goes over into the people's culture and becomes the best of them. It was called The Last Samurai. And I remember even watching... So Tom Cruise is an ex-Civil War dude. Right He's a civil war fighter dude. he's a general in the Civil War, whatever. he's alcoholic and he's got like a sword, and he ends up going over to train the samurai uh because not the samurai. He goes over to train people in Japan because they're moving away from the samurai, whatever he falls in love with the samurai way of life, and guess what happens in one year? He becomes one of the dopest samurai ever. <laughs> And these same guys who've been training samurais since they were two years old (laughs) are taking their orders from damn Ethan Hunt. And I was in the movie, and I was like, I remember being in the movie. I was like, I've had enough of this. (laughs) I'm like, I had enough of this. And he's the last samurai because they all get killed, but of course he lives. I was like, I've had enough of this, man. Sarah told me Bruce Wayne is the last samurai. I'm telling you, you think that he is.
3: And Whoa, I'm telling you right, I'm tell- I'm bat tell bat you right I'm now, Shang-Chi. I'm just saying uh, he don't
1: got nothing wrong with Batman. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, you think he's the last time to ride. I'm saying Shang-Chi is going to dress him down. Now if Bruce is in the suit. He's going to have specific files to stop Shang-Chi from uh, from beating him. We're getting off the we're getting off the point here.
0: It's good to stay up to date. That's why you listen to all of your favorite ringer podcasts, right? And that's why the 2024 Nissan Rogue has Google built right into its 12.3-inch touchscreen infotainment system. With Google Maps, Assistant, and more, you can stay up to date on everything that's ahead without even needing to connect your phone. Find your next adventure with a Nissan SUV. Learn more about the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, and Armada at NissanUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy, and they call it Sparked Energy. Are you a spontaneous spirit who likes bringing a high-octane feel to the group chat? Grab a berry burst sparked energy. Love bringing that upbeat comedy vibe wherever you go? Turn the fun up to 11 with their peach sunshine flavor. Whatever your energy, Dunkin's here to match it with a revitalizing burst of caffeine and full-on fruit flavors. Even better, a medium sparked energy is $3 now through March 19th. Drop by and get sparked by Dunkin'. Sparked energy drinks are fruit-flavored. Contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.
1: But overall, I thought the getting back to the martial arts scenes of the movie. I thought the martial arts scenes in the movie really delivered. But I I do I do think that the movie ended up becoming much more about martial arts. The film uh, midway through took on a scope and a size that I really did not expect the movie to to try to did not even see it coming. I thought the film was going to be mostly a street level film of Shang-Chi coming to uh, reckoning his situation with his father. But that's not what happened. We got all types of big, wild, spiritual, huge set pieces with absolutely mythical creatures and stuff like that. Were you surprised uh, by the overall scope of this film? Were you surprised that they went as big as they did
3: in the third act? I mean, obviously, I watched the trailers. I saw some of the CGI creatures. And in the back of my head, saw it coming. But the first half of the movie is so street level like, I immediately just forgot all of that. And I was, like, glued. I was just like, all right, man. Marvel is making this street-level movie. It's going to be dope. It's going to be like Captain America. Boom, we in here. And then halfway through, that shit becomes, like, the first Thor movie. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, there's a magical place? There's CGI animals? Wait, there's magic? Like, what's going on? Like, it was... <laughs> it was jargon to say, like, be real, man. When that happened during the first and you we were like, is this another movie? Well, when Lil Morris ran out. Oh, yeah. That
1: was, I, was, like, I knew Lil what time Morris, it was. When, like, when Lil Morris ran out, because they did go to a, they went to a magical place early in the film when Wu when was having a flashback of the first time that he met Shang's mother.
3: But that wasn't, that's still kind of grounded. It wasn't like what we
1: get. Right. Well, there was, they set up a mythology. No, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm saying there were hints that they might do something like that. And I realized those hints in the, the second time I saw it, when they when they're sort of uh flashing back on Wen Wu and his reign, his a thousand-year reign as head of the Ten Year Rings, uh as head of the Ten Rings organization, they uh they show him defeating the entire army with with the with the aid of the Ten Rings. So there was some the first time I watched the movie, we dove right into the street so quickly that I forgot there were some hints that they were gonna go a little bit bigger than what they did. Um, so I shouldn't have been surprised, but at the same time. When the little character, when, when Morris ran out there, Morris was adorable, by the way. But when Morris ran out there, I certainly was
3: surprised. Oh, there in the beginning of the movie when I saw it a second time. They do do, like, he's, uh, when we was, like, turning a page and you see a little, like, drawing of, of Morris and the dragon. So I'm like, oh, the movie was trying to prime me for this thing. It just, like, I, don't, I didn't get it until the second viewing. And I will say the first time around when Morris came out, I was like, dog they just brought out this CGI creature. And when I brought my girlfriend, who's never seen an MCU movie, she immediately goes, oh, he's so cute. And I'm just like, Disney knows what they're doing, bro. This is like, like, that's one of those things where I'm like, this is for kids. Like, this is for Happy Meals. Like, I get it. Like, he's cute, Morris. Like, yeah, like, that's a, that is one of those things where like when we were talking about when you see a movie with critics, I did hear one awe from the rest of the critics. But yeah, when Morris ran out, when I was with just the people, they were just like, yeah, this cute little fucking Morris. He's cute. cute. I like Morris. I like Morris. <laughs> uh, now, I,
1: we we definitely want to touch on how this movie embraces Chinese culture. And before we touch on that, I want to make sure that the people that are listening to us know something. We're two black guys, and we're about to talk about a movie that uh, deals heavily with uh, Chinese culture, right? So uh, we are not qualified to have this conversation, but we are going to base this off what we've seen from some of the people who are appreciating the film online. And I do hope on the Midnight Boys, uh, we're doing this Instant Reaction podcast right now, but I do hope to have a conversation with someone who is representative of the culture to come on and tell us how Shang-Chi moved them and how it spoke to them uh, individually. Because... I remember going to see Black Panther and watching everybody sort of have the situation with Black Panther. And Black Panther is a movie I've talked about, some of his shortcomings on there, but that doesn't mean that when I was in Black Panther, that I didn't feel an intense sense of pride, an intense sense of belonging into the greater MCU and watching what was happening on the screen. And those are thoughts and feelings that uh I'm not sure that people that were outside of our uh, my culture could properly contextualize. So here I want to make sure that we're telling everyone that we're not attempting to properly contextualize those things but we're just talking about some of the praise that the movie's been getting online um some fans have been saying it's the best western made chinese fiction movie ever and i think that's such an important thing uh and it's also very important a subtle thing is important in the film that chinese dialogue is in the movie with english subtitles when I saw that and that they weren't speaking English to make it more palatable to a Western audience, that they were putting it out there and giving us the subtitles, it told me something. It spoke to me that they were trying to be authentic first and movie makers second, which is very important to grounding a character and make it connecting to the culture that it's supposed to be representing. And it's it's just, it's... It was an insanely personal thing to do. It was an insanely, to be honest with you, risky thing to do. Um, and I think that the filmmakers really showed what they were trying to do and uh, who they were by by doing it that way. Did you have any thoughts on that aspect
3: of it? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. I think the movie doesn't work if you have a bunch of characters based in you know in China and all these Asian countries. If you have them speaking English the first time we meet them. That doesn't, it takes you out of the movie, even if like for, you know, I don't know, middle America, that might've been more palatable. So I think that was great. I also think just the, the general feeling, because I remember when I got to see Chadwick Bozeman on a big screen as a superhero, what people like a lot of times don't really recognize is like generally when you see these movies, like the black guy is like the sidekick. You know what I'm saying? Like a Chinese American would be the sidekick. So, when you see Simu and he like finally dons the Shang-Chi, um, the Shang-Chi suit in the movie and he looks big and handsome as an action star, it hits you. You're just like, oh, you don't really see this that much. Or you don't see a movie where people are investing millions upon millions of dollars into it. So, I thought that is like wild. And obviously, I am not of uh, Chinese descent or anything, but I was just like, this is cool because Simu is somebody who I've like been campaigning for a while. And I'm like, damn. They made it into a movie star. Like, that's it's a special moment because, like, man, we got to be real. Like, how many times in a year do we actually get to see, like, a new action star? Oh, very rarely. Very rarely. I mean,
1: especially, especially now, it it like, it really doesn't happen. And that's a fantastic point. I think another thing about the movie is that it was good to see that, like, everybody has their magic. You know, we look at the MCU and it's like Mystical Realms and Asgard mystical realms sorcerer supreme mystical realms everywhere and we you know we saw a little bit of doctor strange go to other mystical realms and be around other ethnicities and stuff but it was cool to see that there is intense and immense power in places being wielded by characters who frankly aren't white to see that there's a whole that there's a whole mystical realm like asgard uh talo where the people lived and where they had their own special creatures and their own sense of you know their own villains and their own deal is like all of this magic and this wonder that the that the uh, the the MCU has. It exists everywhere in the MCU. Obviously, there have been some places that showed that. Obviously, we've seen Wakanda, we've seen the other places, but I feel like this film right here it reached outside of cultures that are just that we see all the time on screen and showed me. I was just I I felt in love. I fell in love with the wonderment of that. Like, I've really never seen a movie like that before. I've never seen a movie where it explored that deeply. Obviously, there are films like Crouching Tiger and Hidden Dragon, but where they explored that deeply something that was completely foreign to me um, and that I could get lost in. And I thought, even though the, that it was an intense tonal shift when we got to the magical realm, I appreciated it because it made the world a little bit bigger and a little bit
3: richer. So I, I appreciate the try, although I wasn't expecting it. I, I, I will well, say I appreciate the swing. Right. Because I do think that like everything you said, underlined, love it. Like I to- totally agree. And I do think that like I respect the massive swing that they took to try to make a world that people can believe in, a world of wonderment, um, something similar that they tried to do to Black Panther, which I thought was just like, all right. Got it. And I think, but I think the one thing I, before we get to that, I really want to touch on is like, I think honestly, the better part of the movie is that they made me care about Shang-Chi's family. Like that, like on the second viewing that, I was like, oh, this is the heart of the movie. Like this is like Shang-Chi's father, yo, Tony Leung in the mood for love fame, legendary actor. He killed it as Shang-Chi's father. He ki- like <laughs> That man can act. Like the the MCU has like, like has a massive villain problem. We've already gone over this. He kicked ass. Like he, like, I actually do think, spoiler, alert, when he dies, I'm just like, nah, you shouldn't have killed him off. Like, you shouldn't like, have killed him. You shouldn't have killed I, him. I, off. Like
1: they shouldn't have they once here we go again. Doing the same shit, killing the villain. Shouldn't have killed him. He was, he was a he was a very grounded, a very real villain. He was a relatable villain, man. I, he was he was getting played. He was trying to save his wife. He was doing it. He, his motivations were clear. The schism he had with his son was clear. He was a father, but a hard father. Shouldn't have killed him. Shouldn't have. Shouldn't have killed him. Shouldn't have done it. <laughs> You're heartbroken
3: over this, man. What? 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 I'm. I'm with you. I loved him. I thought he did a great yeah. job. My man was acting circles, bro. Like, Should, I loved have killed him. him. Shouldn't have killed him. Now we got to call
1: the movie out a little bit because that's what we do here at the Midnight Boys. We react to films and we tell people what we thought about them. Uh what were your nitpicks? My as, far, as far as we are dealing with this film. We're celebrating the movie here. We want to make sure that we do, but we also want to
3: talk about what some of the nitpicks were in the I movie. I think my big nitpick is that when they went to the magical land, I think that they did a cardinal sin for films where they did not trust that, that the characters that they had built up for the first two-thirds of the movie could carry a movie without this like CGI slugfest. Once the dragon popped out, like the two dragons popped out, I was like, all right, yo, y'all are, y'all are on some bullshit. Just in terms of like, no, I care about Shang-Chi and I care about One wu and I care about Shang-Chi's sister and I care about these people and I just want them on the screen. I do not, the dragon, the soul sucker took me out of it. And I will say, a villain named the soul sucker is a why. <laughs> <laughs> For Billy, they kept going the soul sucker and in my mind I was just like get out of the gutter,
1: the soul suckers we gonna send them soul suckers yeah, Drake, Drake. we gonna send them soul suckers I'm like stop Drake just made an album by Bottom Drake just made an album about the soul suckers the whole so- certified lover he was talking about soul
3: suckers wait but Van like am I like <laughs> yo but like when when the CGI creature started showing up I was like, cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. Like they have some magical creatures, but I was like, man, when the Soul Sucker came out, and they have to start battling this big dragon. And I will say the biggest nitpick. And Steve, shout out to Steve. I know he six Steve agrees with me. Top five worst MCU movement of all, moment of all time is Aquafina killing that big dragon. I can't dragon. believe they did it. With an arrow like that. Is I can't like, believe they did it. It's it's like Jomie and Steve, if you want to jump in, bro, like I can't. I, I literally I can't believe they did it. It's such a, it, it was I don't even know how to start contextualizing. I'm just like
4: it was a moment in the theater that actually broke. Jo- I was sitting next to Jomie when that happened and he actually like killed over and put his he- his head in his hands and I couldn't, couldn't deal with what was going on. I could
2: not believe what I am what I was seeing in the yeah. moment. Like it, it's. It's as to like, she literally says in the movie. Yeah, I just started shooting arrows a day or two before. It's like if somebody like you gave somebody a basketball, and then the next day they were hitting shots from Dame Littler's Steph Curry range. Exactly. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't. She would like she was Hawkeye all of a sudden. Like, but well, here's was, here's the other thing. <laughs> what doesn't make
3: sense is like this is why I don't think the soul sucker worked. I think everything else like just make this about Wenwu and Shang-Chi, is that they built up the soul sucker like this is this is. A, a villain that almost destroyed this whole, this whole place, this whole magical place. And you're telling me that someone who learned how to shoot an arrow a day before can mortally wound it by just shooting one arrow in the throat. Why the fuck didn't they do this a thousand years ago? My thing is,
1: it would have been better off to me if in some way she would have accidentally hit the dragon. Like if you if you play it off, she's shooting with her eyes closed, or she shoots it and it ricochets and it hits the dragon, and they just got lucky because it would almost take lucky lucky to defeat something that was that powerful and that that old. And the fact that it was also so easy for that to for me to see that coming.
3: Oh, I saw so that, it coming from a mile was, away. The,
1: the minute that she picked up the bow, you knew that she was going to come in handy in the fight in some sort of way. And if they would have made it that she came and handed to the fight, because remember, it's even an accident that she's there. It's happenstance that she's even there. And if it would have been happenstance that she contributed to the battle, that would have been one thing. But I just thought it was really, really, really bad that they, that they had her make that shot. Just, and also, it just, yeah.
3: let's, be, let's be clear. Bullshit. When, when the Soul Sucker kills Shang-Chi's dad, I'm just like, this is how he's going to go out. I'm just like, you built up this amazing villain, this amazing villain for two thirds of this movie. And he just goes out like that. Like, no, like it's just, that I think is the ultimate sin because I love these characters so much. And I think actually like the family unit was so grounded and so emotional. I got it. And for the end of the movie, he's like, oh, he's dead. And then they just forget about him. (laughs) Nah, you got to trust your actors more. You got to trust your characters more. Yeah. So look, the movie the movie had a big time tunnel shift
1: we've talked about it. The first time I saw the film, I'm not going to lie, it actually really bothered me. The first time I was like, well, "How did we get to that I didn't that's not what I was expecting." And when I saw the film the second time, knowing that it was there and just watching for watching it for the sort of dazzling array of special effects and story and creatures that were on the screen, I think that I appreciated it more and Watching Shang-Chi a second time, my review and my number went up, which is uh, very important to uh, what uh, what you actually think of a movie. It got better the second time I saw it. Um, so that was a deal. But still, though, my nitpicks were the film actually became a completely different film um, in the third act. And that's that was something that, that stood out to me. Although I will say this, the one thing that kept that grounded the film was the amazing choice to bring back the character of Trevor Slattery and have uh, Ben Kingsley just steal the film during those times. The Planet of the Apes thing in the car is top five funniest MCU moments ever. I'm hard-pressed to think of anything from the MCU. You guys, throw some stuff out at me. That's funnier than
4: that. I
2: mean, uh, obviously,
4: Luis's recounting of the story. Luis's recounting.
2: Ant-Man, I will say, Re- Drax's Luis's is,
4: recounting is great.
2: Cord yeah. With the the piss off ghost and the rock paper scissors joke.
3: I'll say yes. this Drax is in the Dragon first rock. film. He's just like I would catch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Drax in the first film, but like, it's up I, there. Like, like, can I, gotta tell say, you how I know it's funny. I I think I think it's funnier than those. Like, I think it's him, not funnier.
3: Like you're whoa whoa. It's funny though, bro. It's just not I funnier think than those. I him
1: fundamentally not understanding that the apes were actual people, and he and they they kept going with it. It I, it was hysterical to me. Go ahead though, Charles.
3: I will say I like. We got out of theater. I was like to my girl. I'm like. Do you even know who that character is? She's like, no, nah, I just thought he was funny, which shows you how good it's like. She's never seen Iron Man three. I was trying to break it down. She's like, oh, cool. He was just funny though. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't even matter. Like when when I first
1: saw it, I thought that that was actually a testament to how 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 great the MCU is. The MCU knows that that was a miss. They know that the Trevor Slattery thing was a miss, and they they came back and they said, hey, we're not going to make a whole another universe. We're not going to say that that never happened. We're going to own up to it, and then we're going to find a way to extract the entertainment value out of it because we have a top-rate performer in Ben Kingsley, and we have properties that we, we can go back and, and retcon something without slapping you in the face with it, right? We can, get a, we can start a whole new and tell you what was really going on, and we can use story to do it. And I think other comic book universes and other universes, period, need to look at that. We as the fans... We're not stupid. Like, we like we're not. We're not stupid. We know that sometimes things are amiss. You can't change them, lean into them and and trust your stories together. Make, Make a story.
3: Make a story. But here's this is less a nitpick and more of a just like a general question for you, man. Like, would you have liked the version of this movie that tonally stayed in the street level nature of it a little bit more than the last second plot twist? Like, I think there could have still been magic but like the CGI slugfest of these dragons. Because like walking out, I was like, damn, they went a little bit more Thor with the second half of this movie when I was expecting maybe more Captain America. I would have liked the film to kind of stay in the world that
1: it was and for us to get our mysticism through more of the uses of the Ten Rings, uh, yeah. which are obviously... And then it seems like... But I understand from the MCU standpoint why it was difficult to do that. Because we have less movies to burn to get Shang-Chi to a level where he could be an Avenger and fight against maybe celestials or uh deviants of celestials or perhaps Kane the Conqueror or where we just have less movies to get him there, you know? The Captain America from the Captain America in the Avengers wasn't prepared to be the Steve Rogers that we got in the endgame, right? Like, there's a there's he just wasn't he wasn't quite there yet. He hadn't learned how to control the team, he hadn't been humbled yet. He hadn't, he just hadn't. And so, we got 13 years to get him there, or whatever, how many ever years to got, get him to the point to where he could look at Thanos and the Outriders and everybody coming and say Avengers Assemble, and that he had to wait for everybody to follow him, and that he had the certain uh confidence, even in the face of death, uh, that this was his stand that he was making with these characters now. We actually don't have that much time because the stakes of the mar- the stakes of the Marvel Universe are getting raised to a point to where uh, they need to be ready to go. And so I think what the movie did in its final act was it was expediting Shang Chi to the point he gets the Ten Rings in this movie. I've said it before; he they were expediting Shang Chi to the point to where he could face off against things that were much much larger than. Him I mean, be let's an just asset. talk
3: about it at the end of the movie. You Wong comes in, he's like, yo, Sean, Katie, come back with me. We see Bruce Banner, we see Captain Marvel, they got the 10 rings and it's like sending a beacon somewhere and immediately my mind goes, oh, Celestials. I'm just like, they like, all right, that street level shit's cute. Shang-Chi needs to be ready to go buy Avengers 4. Like let's, or like whatever the next Avengers, would that be the fourth, I guess, or fifth, whatever they're calling it. And I'm just like, all right, I get it. I get what time you're on. Damn, like, but it was, it's jarring. Because like you said, we got, what, three Thor movies and Avengers to see, to see him develop into that next phase. And with Shang-Chi, they're like, all right, we're going to give you two thirds of a movie where he's the street level guy. And the next when when everything goes up, he's going to be on the same level, if not the same level, on the level of like a Captain Marvel. So when he's next to her, it doesn't look weird. Yeah, Bruce said, "Welcome to the circus." Yeah, yeah.
1: Bruce, uh, Bruce said, "Welcome." Bruce said, "Welcome to the circus." He says, "Welcome in. Like you're a part of this now, and that's a, and that's a thing. That's a thing for Shang Chi, you know." And so I think, and that's interesting. With the Eternals, it's different because you're basically plucking angels out of heaven, and they're ready to go whenever. I mean, they ain't help us when we were trying to get smacked, but whatever. Like they're like they're angels. They're they're angels out of heaven. They're they're ready to go. You know what I mean? Uh, but some of these other characters, you know, they got a... It's almost as if Marvel has a DC problem now. and And so, DC always put itself up against Marvel, which made their characters a little bit flimsier because they had to develop them so quickly. Marvel took their time in the early going and gave us all of these people so that when we they were called on to be heroes, we knew what they could do and what they couldn't do. And we trusted that. DC was like, hey, you know this guy, he's Superman. Hey, you know these guys, Batman. Hey, whatever? Let's get him right there. Second movie, we got the Justice League together, basically. You know, you have Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman together. And then it's like we'll fill in the holes as we go.
3: So you're saying we're not getting a second Shang-Chi movie before we get the next Avengers. It's I like- don't know.
1: You you like you might. But you're definitely going to get a lot of involvement of Shang Chi in these other films because they're going to be fighting huge multiversal foes, and he's got to be ready for it. And so, in in this phase of uh, of Marvel, you're going to see these characters get to where they're going a little bit quicker because the stakes are so high, like a lot higher than they were like before. And I think that this is the first movie where you've kind of seen that on screen.
3: Well, after the uh, well after the um. The the mid credit scene. I want to ask you really really quick. Who are the Avengers going to be? Because after like I'm in this and I'm just like damn. Like I don't know how you get the same type of iconic team yet. Because I just don't know even now who's like really like a ringer for it. Like I know Captain America Falcon is already in, but who else? Shang Chi is going to be there. Cersei maybe from the Eternals. Be it be Captain Amer- Captain Marvel Captain America. That
1: you you might get an eternal in there. I'm not sure which eternal. Uh I I halfway think that Icarus is gonna be a bad guy in their Eternals movie. Shang-Chi is, is a show in. Shang-Chi is gonna be in there. Uh whomever Black Panther is is, is probably going to be in there. And then Spider Man? Uh, Spider Man, of course. Spider Man, of course. Maybe even Doctor Strange in a weird way. Dr. Strange, definitely.
3: Man. He's he's a big, he's a heavy hitter. But who's the Iron Man now? I don't know if it's going to be War Machine. I don't know if it's going to be Ironheart. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's right. still a lot there's of a lot answers I have.
1: There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I want to talk about Simu Liu himself a little bit. Do you feel like Simu Liu is destined for MCU greatness? Did you see enough out of his character as Shang-Chi to think that this is going to be a portrayal that people are going to want to see vault to the top and be a more of a Tony Stark, Iron Man, Captain Rogers, um Captain America, uh Chris Hemsworth, the Thor level character or do you think that he is going to fall somewhere in the Ant-Man level uh to where he he's a it's a lovable lead portrayal of a of a character that's important but almost in a way maybe a second tier leading uh uh, sort of uh, MCU character. Which, What, what do you think his, the future holds for simulu Liu as,
3: as uh, Shang-Chi? I think what I want and what will happen are two different things. I would love for Simulu for Shang-Chi to be vaulted to, you know, that trio status, the Cap, the Iron Man, the Thor, iconic, they're the leaders, whatever. Right now, it's seeming like he's going to be more on an Ant-Man level. Because, like, think about it. Like, they—it's—it's too many people. How would he reach that level if it already seems like they're—they're putting Captain America, Falcon, right there. It seems like they're—they're seeding Captain Marvel in there, and you already have Doctor Strange. You already have people who've been waiting in the wings. So I don't know, Shang Chi. But then again, if this movie does box like box office numbers, like if it like breaks records, they might do the the Black Panther thing. We're like. Suit up, Shang-Chi, Shoot, suit the fuck up. You're, you're, you're an A-lister. I just don't know. I think it's half box office, half. You have like a lot. Like, let's be real. You have a lot of actors who've been waiting for their chance. Like a- Anthony Mackie, like Benedict Cumberbatch. Who's like, nah, man. Like, sit down. It's our time. So I don't really know. What about you? I think those guys better make room.
1: Uh, um, I think that I think Shang-Chi is going to get every opportunity to be that.
3: Um, and you know does the character is written have enough charisma to get there is actually my is my because like charisma level he's closer to like chadwick boseman who is like a good focal point but like a big knock against the black panther movie is he's not the most interesting part of that he's his whole job is facilitator making everything work where it's like benedict Cumberpatch can trade bars with tony stark you feel me Like, it's a different level of charisma. And as written in the movie, it seems like they want him to be more of a facilitator instead of being the guy who can, like, land barbs and jokes and go back and forth with, like, Peter Parker. And see, this is the thing. The question is
1: really going to be whether or not subconsciously MCU audiences and audience in general are comfortable with seeing non-white characters lead these fights. Hmm. You know, it 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 it's. I, I hate to break it down to that, but there's no other way for me to really process
3: it. Let's like, be real, Anthony Mackie ain't got the highest Q rating after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like he got some shit where I'm just like, even if you don't like the TV show people was going in on him. I'm like, damn, like let's, like, let's not act like Captain America, the first Avenger with some, like, Mona Lisa. Can you give my man a chance? Like, right, right, right. You know what and I'm
1: to, saying? To buy him as the guy who is the strategist that are leading, that's leading the Avengers it's easy for me. I've known black men who've led my entire life. Uh, but for other people, it's just, it's interesting to see whether or not it'll go that way. You know, even Star-Lord, Star Lord comes along, and after one movie, Star Lord is 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 respected as a as the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and as somebody who can put together a completely coherent plan to take down Thanos, even if he is too fucking stupid to actually adhere to his own plan, all right, and too emotional, okay. But he's but he's got it's really going to be partly the writing of the MCU, right? And partly the way these characters are received by the audience. That's why I think the reception that Shang-Chi has gotten is so important. Now we talked about, well, I talked about the fact that I thought that the reception would be something like this because I think a lot of people are gonna be uh have a vested interest in making sure this character is well reviewed because it's uh it, it's coming from a different place and there's diversity involved, but at the same time the fact that many people are genuinely loving what, what they're doing over there, it's just like super important to building the next phase of the MCU universe. So I think he'll get the chance to, but it's really going to be about how people deal with seeing that up on screen, you know, and how they develop him and, and, and kind of make him into what the, he's going the to The one
3: be. thing I will say, and we'll talk about this later, I think the one knock that he probably didn't get Is that like we got to fall in love with Black Panther in a big movie like Civil War. So Chadwick had to do less. And I think that's why like Black Panther ultimately was better because we already set the scene, we already set the emotions, we already love the characters from Black Panther. And I think you probably wouldn't have had as many third act problems in Shang-Chi if he had debuted in another movie because then you can get a lot of the table setting away. We already like are invested, we already see like. Black Panther, like, going toe-to-toe with Bucky. So we're like, all right, he got hands. In this movie, it's like, nah, Shang-Chi's new. This is like, like, we're still trying to buy that he would be in the MCU. So I actually give the movie extra points for that because they didn't get the Civil War bump. You feel me? Like, they didn't get that. Right. Right. Right, it's true it's true and that was a smart way that they did that
1: before and once again they don't have the anchor characters involved like Iron Man and Captain America to really be able to shoehorn people into other movies and have us get to know them through that anymore they don't really have it those characters are gone so they lost a lot of the Avengers movies aren't around right now so they lost a lot of their base to actually be able to do that and we'll see the way they do it in this upcoming phase Uh, I want to ask you one last question about his uh, Simu Liu's portrayal of Shang-Chi what are the similarities or differences between what we see in the comic books and what we see on screen? Your comic book, Chuck, you've read a lot of Shang-Chi. I haven't read a lot of
3: them. See, I, I don't want to say I've read a lot of Shang-Chi. The most Shang-Chi I've re- uh, read is generally he's, he's in the Avengers. He's like hopping around. He's training Spider-Man. He's doing different things. I would say there's been a lot of really great writing. If you want to read like a really good series, go to theinverse.com. Uh, Eric Francisco has been writing about Shang Chi has a character, and I think actually what we can talk about is that in the comic books, Shang Chi is a. His origins are very, very thorny. He was, um, he was created by Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin, and basically he came of age during like the Kung Fu craze. You were alive with this. You remember when like Bruce Lee took over the world, right? Then no, nigga, I wasn't <laughs> alive. You that were was
1: alive? in the '70s. That was in the fucking '70s. Yo, bro, look, it is, is <laughs> like mean- like no like nah. That was in the '70s, bro. Bruce <gasps> Lee was dead mean- by the time I was born. I was born in 1980. The the kung fu stuff that you're talking about, <laughs> that's in the '70s. No, I wasn't alive. Fuck you.
3: I don't know, from your hairline, I, I, I was a little confused. Like, Yeah, whatever, bro. No, I
1: wasn't alive. Like, the kung fu movies and the whole thing was kind of getting to its end when I came around, you know what I mean? So uh, oh, by the time I got to be able to watch movies, I was watching movies and started watching movies like 85, 86, 87. They weren't as much a big deal. The, Bruce Lee was still famous, but, like, he died in the 70s, man. Just bite yeah, your but, tongue.
3: <laughs> Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi was created actually before, like, Bruce Lee hit, hit in the U S but like essentially like this character was so racist. His, uh, his father in the comic books is a character named Fu Manchu. Uh, The less you know about him, the better, but very, very bad. Marvel has distanced themselves. They technically don't even own the character. They bought the character because he was so popular, even though he's, he was a racist caricature. And I think what I'm trying to get at right now is in the comic books is that Shang-Chi never really had a personality. He was just the martial arts guy. He was just a um, half Chinese, half white character who would come in and like if Spider-Man needs to learn how to use Kung Fu, Shang-Chi's here. And I think that what, the, what this movie had to contend with is they had to give Shang-Chi a personality. You know what I'm saying? Like I would even say if like then, like even in Black Panther comics, like T'Challa for the longest time did not have like a personality. He didn't have this thing where it's like, oh, that's T'Challa. He's regal. He's this and that. That came. And I think what the difference is between Shang-Chi the movie and Shang-Chi the, the comics is that Simu Lu has injected him with like a little bit of, how do I put this, comedy, levity? He's a normal guy in, extra, in extraordinary circumstances. And um, I think they toned down, how do I put this, the master assassin part, the master like fighter to make him way more relatable. And I actually think that's what you needed to do because if he was like he was in the comic books, nobody would like this. Well, there you go. Look, that that's your... I get it. I understand what you're talking about. Uh, they had to do the same thing with T'Challa. Like, they had to make... Chadwick Boseman had to turn T'Challa into an actual character, not just, like, the black guy in the Avengers. And in this movie, Simu Liu had to be like, oh, like, how do I make a likable martial artist in the MCU and not just like the, Chin- the, the Chinese guy that the Avengers call when they need somebody to teach them how to fight, which I thought is like a brilliant thing. That's a very hard thing to do. And you've talked about it, Van. The next phase of the MCU, the reason it's having so much trouble like in Falcon and the Winter Soldier and all these things, is like they're having to make characters that were shitty in the comic books because they were created by old white men for so long into three-dimensional people. And that falls on the actors, that falls on the writers, that falls on the directors. So a lot of times I think the reason, like maybe some people are like, oh, you're attacking this with kid gloves. I'm like, no, like the level of difficulty of this type of movie of a Black Panther of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is very, very high. So like shout out to Simu Liu and his portrayal. Yeah, shout out to Simu Liu and his portrayal. Okay. What is Wong doing?
1: Why is Wong, Wong cooling out with the abomination match. between in-game, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer? Is Wong, what is Wong up to? Where in the world is Wong? Is Wong leaving a secret life? Is Wong some sort of, like, what is Wong doing? In this movie, you see Wong fight the abomination, but then after that, you see Wong have a conversation with the abomination, and then he leaves and goes somewhere else. Like What's Wong's deal? Then Wong comes back in at the end of the movie to basically tell Shang-Chi, you know, there's a bigger purpose or a bigger meaning to the Ten Rings, basically. They've set off a beacon or whatever and we're not sure who's on the other side of it or who's calling out to do what. Who is Wong now? Is there more to Wong than what we think there
3: is? Wong is a certified lover boy, okay? Shut Wong up. got, <laughs> he got three families. You know, every single time he's pouring, he's like, they're like, Daddy, Daddy, we haven't seen you in weeks. He's like, all right, all right, chill, chill, chill. That's why he's fighting in the ring. He's trying to support three kids. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what could he be training Abomination for? What could he possibly?
1: How does Wong meet Abomination? That like made it, no
3: sense to me. It was just like, well, no, I mean, but it has to make sense, right? Because no, I'm just saying, I get, I get story wise, it will make sense. When Abomination showed up, I'm like, all right, cool. How the fuck? Like, is this just because we got a She Hulk Disney Plus movie coming? <laughs> Or a Disney Plus series. I mean, but but they've that they, you know that they know. So here's the thing: you know that they know what they want to do. So I, I already know, and people are gonna get mad at me. People are gonna yell at me. Jomie's gonna fucking yell at me if I say well, I'm, not I'm, gonna gonna yell at you. I'm not gonna yell at you. All right. I'm thinking when they transport away, they transport into what looks like a holding cell or at least some high-tech place that looks very shield-esque. I think this might have a connection to the contessa. I'm not going to say the blankety blank you can redact that the Thunderbolts Steve you can redact that <laughs> if you want okay I'm just saying like it seems like Wong is trying to get some extra cash we got the abomination now we got fucking Black Widow uh, the new Black Widow Yelena what else can it be US agent what else well, can it be guys But why, well, is, it why is Wong
1: involved in the Thunderbolts though like, what he needs Wong- extra
3: money Doctor Strange is a cheapskate
1: he doesn't believe oh, that in is pay- true Wong, that, Wong didn't have enough god damn man Wong didn't have enough to buy a sandwich. Dang. Wong wouldn't say no to a tuna melt. Steven Strange still got a lot of bread, man. Tuna still melts got are a lot trash of bread. Tuna melts are trash. Okay, we'll move on. I like a tuna melt. Uh, you uh, like John tuna me, melts? Yeah, tuna melt's cool. I was like, yeah, tuna melt's fine. Jomi, what were you gonna say?
2: Well, it's an interesting thing about Abomination because um, early in the MCU, there was a one of the MCU one shots was called "A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer," and Agent Coulson is supposed to like you know, he's going to, you know, to, to New Mexico and it's about recruiting, like there's a part of it that talks about Nick Fury recruiting, Bl- recruiting Blonsky for the Avengers instead of the Hulk. And so now to see him fight with Wong going back to a cell, maybe, you know, he has reformed. Maybe, you know, he's not, you know, the guy who tried to kill the Hulk. Just say Harlem. the
3: Thunderbolts show me, that was a long conversation. Like, that was a long thing just to say the Thunderbolts.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm saying there's credence to your argument. Charles. Thank
3: you. All right. That's all I wanted. Jomi, we're back. We're back, bud. <laughs> Back on the podcast. We, okay? we haven't seen Val and you know, in mail talk and we don't you're know, know what's wrong. You got to ring somewhere else. You went to the Clippers and now you're back with the Lakers. It's fine, man. Wow. Okay? That's great. You came back home, Jomi. Yeah,
4: man. Like cool.
3: Jomi, you came back home.
1: Like Malin was only pay, was only playing you like fifteen minutes a game, and you was like, nah, I gotta go back and get my playoff shine on. And you came through in the clutch yet again. Boy, what a great! I really don't have any idea. Like it, it obviously, there looks like there's going to be a Thunderbolts team or some team that Val is putting together that's going to come together at some point. But
3: I really don't know about the Wong thing. Did he take a dive? Did the Abomination take a dive? Because when like he Wong opens up the portal. Abomination punches himself. I'm like, Abomination has been punched by the Hulk. He like, why would one punch take him out?
1: And then Wong actually tells him that, I told you you were punching too hard. When they when, when they get to think, Wong says, you, I, I told you you were punching too hard. So whatever was going on in that fight between Wong and Abomination, they had talked about it before. So who knows? And it's, it's one of the more interesting parts of the movie. And I wonder, it's a part that makes me wonder, when are we going to get an explanation about that? And what movie are we going to get an explanation about that? I can't see a film coming up or a TV show coming up that oh maybe maybe we'll learn a little bit more about it since we know that Wong is in Spider-Man No, ba- no Way Home. Wong goes on vacation in that movie. You see him pack his bags and right. go. Right. So I guess that must be it, I guess that must be where it is. Uh right. So uh, TD just popped in and said, "Didn't Wong essentially turn Abomination's punch" on himself he did turn this punch on to himself. No, I,
3: I know that happened i was just saying like abomination's been punched by the hulk like it's like one punch even if it's hard would that take him out
1: yeah i don't know i don't know maybe when you're punching you know it, it, when you're punching if you punch yourself is maybe it's unexpected i don't know i don't know how that works i've never punched myself before i'm not fucking tyler durden would you watch a Wong Disney Plus show where Wong just goes around and pops
3: up at other people's shows and stuff like that and helps no, out? We just giving anybody a, like, everybody wants Jesus. me to be excited wow. about, like, the War Machine movie. I'm like, I mean, like, or the War Machine series. I'm like, I don't want to watch War Machine, bro. Shout what out a personal p- friend of mine, Don Cheeto. So go I, ahead and keep talking about that. Go ahead. And I love dissonant. Don Cheeto. I just don't want to yeah. watch Dutch.
1: Right, shout in, out to Don. Armor, Don, I'm going to watch your shit. Don't worry I got, about i paid. I got to watch it. Don, I'ma watch your shit. I'm excited about it. Don't worry about Chong. right, you
3: already got half of Hollywood coming from my next. Let's so that, all right? Let's <laughs> not do that shit.
1: Let's get to the awards here. Best fight scene. We got five choices. We got Shang-Chi's parents when they hook up. Shang-Chi versus Razor Fist. Team Shang-Chi versus the Ten Rings on the skyscraper scaffolding. Shang-Chi versus the Death Dealer and Macau. Shang-Chi becomes Lord of the Rings in a father versus son battle. Charles, what would be your choice for best fight sequence in this movie?
3: Bus scene, easily. Bus scene is just like, it, it it was everything I wanted of a fight scene. It's exciting and it's unexpected. There's character moments. Like, here's the thing. A good fight, teaches you something about the character. Shang-Chi does not get upset until Katie gets hurt. That is such a character thing. Like, he doesn't want to be a fighter. He doesn't want to kill. Like, we didn't go over that, but, like, he's not a a like a natural-born killer. He's not. He has a heart. So when Katie gets hit, that's what brings it out of him. I think that's a, a good fight always has an undercurrent of character. I gotta go with the bus.
1: Yeah, Shang-Chi, that's, that's actually very true. You know, he had... Uh, he had trained for all those years, and he, re- had, you know, refused to do some things. And some of the things that he actually did do were out of character for him. So, shout out to Jackie Chan's uh, fight choreograph team, his stunt team, and the late Brad Allen that made that bus scene happen. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, Brad Allen. And also, uh, that was an amazing fight. I'm not going with it though. The fight that I'm going with is on the skyscraper. I thought it was a better set piece. I thought the stakes were a little higher. Um, and I just thought overall I was dazzled by it, so I would say skyscraper. Scene. I will say
3: when he's running to catch the the dude that trained him, tackles him, ba 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 ba, catches the like the kunai and almost kills him. I'm like, dog, like this is what we need. I, actually, that was the moment in the movie. I'm like, I'm gonna be real. We needed five more scenes like that. Very true. All right, best
1: comedic moment, aka the Trevor Slattery Award. Okay, are we gonna do the bus boy vlogger? Are we gonna do Trevor's reveal scene, which was very funny? Shang-Chi and Aquafina's dinner stories uh of the Ta Low battle, which was very good as well. When Trevor and Morris play dead,
3: or Trevor's Planet
1: of the Apes story. I it's think the Planet of the mean. Apes. Like it's oh, yeah. like what
3: is it's Planet of the Apes. We don't gotta belabor the point. We're not gonna troll you. You know what I'm saying? The planet
1: of the apes story is just amazing. Amazing. But even a little shot of Trevor playing the kids to play soccer. Everything Trevor did in this movie was perfect. Everything that Ben Kingsley did in this movie was perfect. Best Easter egg, Shang-Chi's room posters, which they have Outcast, they have Kung Fu Hustle, The Warriors. Uh, like Miles Morales, Shang-Chi's superhero fits includes Jordan's. He's got the Jordan Access shout out to Mallory
3: Rubin there. Wait, I'll say those shoes are fucking trash, bro. You don't like them? Those Jordan accesses are trash. He gonna get in a, any retros? He couldn't get a Jordan one? Jordan yeah. three black cement like the, fuck it. Got of here. the Jordan accesses right there. And Mikhail appears
1: that a black widow is fighting an extremist soldier. I noticed that in the movie. I said, "Look, there's the extremists right there." Um, or the bus boy vlogger is the same character in Spider-Man: Homecoming that was asking Peter to flip. He moved from Queens to the Bay, or is he now the watcher for the street level? He's the vlogger, but he's the watcher. So which Easter egg would you say that you enjoyed
3: the most? It can't be Sean chis room, room posters because how, how old is uh, me the explainer? How old is he supposed to be in this movie? He's supposed to be 24, 25, but it's that's weird. What, I want. what 24 or 25-year-old got an outcast Stankonia poster in their fucking room? Like, what, what time is this? Uh, a dope one? No, what he would be listening to like Lil Uzi Vert or Lil Baby. Get the fuck out of here. No, that's dumb. Don't wow. Jesus Christ. Oof. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll. actually, you know, it's not on here. I like the little one. I, these are the little stuff I love about the MCU. When we're in the beginning of the movie where, um, where Sean is walking to where Sean is walking to Katie's house, we see posters like post split posters. There's ones for oh, like, I like therapists. Those. Yeah, post blip anxiety. Yeah, I did like that. I did see that. I was that. just like, that's so smart. Like it's not even like a big one, but it shows you like how big this world is and it says so much with so little. And I saw it on the second screening. I gotta go with that one.
1: Yeah, also apologize to Outcast, but it's like whatever. I, I would say my favorite is probably when I saw the extremist soldier pop up. It just remembers that that's still that stuff is still around. I, cause I, I I that's the one I reacted to in this in the in the in the theater. I'm like, oh, look, it has extremists. And then the, the more we can forget about extremists, the better is my, is my opinion. What's the coolest looking creature in Talo? Is it the, the guardian lions, Morris, the dragon horse, or the nine tailed Fox? The nine tailed Fox was delightful. The nine tailed Fox was delightful. I really enjoyed the nine tailed Fox. I'm going to go with the dragon horse. The dragon horse was, was one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen before. Like, all on the screen in my entire life. I was, I had wonder. It was wonderment. I call that horse wonderment is its name now. Because I was just full of wonder. The goddamn horse with a face that looks like a dragon. I would ride him. I would get a saddle for him. Like, I got a rope right here. I would ride that horse. Charles, what do you think? What's your answer? Coolest looking, a mystical creature, mythical creature, uh, in the mythical village of Tao
3: The coolest looking mystical creature in Tao is uh, the friends we made along the way because I'm trying to be positive about this one award.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, movie's MVP, obviously. Would you say it's Shang-Chi, Wenwu, Katie, Trevor?
3: Oh, we know, I, I, know who, I, I know who this already is. It's Wenwu. It's Wenwu. Oh, you're not going with Shang-Chi as the movie's MVP? I mean, I like I love Shang-Chi. I love Simu, but like, yo, like Wenwu, like dog that character. He was acting circles around everybody. Like he's a legend, bro. Like to come into the MCU and like inject that much emotion, that much. Like he was just like, yo, all y'all kids. Like I know, like it's cute, but this is what a legend looks like. Interesting. Wow.
1: I will go with Shang-Chi as the the really unbridled MVP. Of this movie, the unquestioned MVP of this movie is Shang-Chi to me. But interesting, I loved Win Wu. I loved Win Wu. I would do a whole Win Wu type of movie. I would do the whole Win Wu type of movie. Win Wu would be great. So, looking ahead, now we have Wong in the mid-credits scene. What are your theories on how the Ten Rings organization uh, is going to play itself out? Because we know it still exists, we know that Shang-Chi is now uh, uh, ahead of it. What do you th- where where are we going with all of this stuff? Like, where are we going with we saw we saw Bruce Banner, his arm's still in the sling? We saw Captain Marvel. She had to leave again. Where is she going? What's pulling Captain Marvel away? What's going on to where Captain Marvel had to go do something? That must be uh some cosmic type of schism that's going
3: on. What's going on to where Captain Marvel has to leave? Like, Captain Marvel a, will always leave it. Every movie she's in, she shows up as a hologram. She's like, all right, I gotta go. And I'm like, damn. Well, she says
1: that looks I mean, look, she says there's a lot of planets out there, not all of those planets have the Avengers. So she maybe has maybe it's suggests, a secret invasion. Oh, could be a secret invasion,
3: who knows? Who knows? Also, uh, I'm saying right now, we got a lot of uh, we got a lot on the board. We got the Black Widows out there. We got the Contessa out there. Okay, now we got the 10 Rings. There's a lot of there's a lot of of different armies. That are forming, and we still got the Wakandans. Like, it's a lot, and we're gonna get Atlantis. Shit. Yeah, everything's coming, and all of these
1: factions are gonna be up against each other. I think this movie was just dipping its toe into that broad sort of scale of uh, that broad sort of pond, should I say, of what of what's going to happen, and what all of these factions. These factions represent different parts of the world here as well. Is there gonna be some kind of massive worldwide? Faction thing against each other, are the Thunderbolts going to have to come in and and deal with something that's international where Tin Rings and Wakanda and Atlantis are all up against Because we know that Wakanda and Atlantis are probably going to get busy. Yep, you know. So, like, what's going to be happening on Earth is all this stuff is happening around in space? Because
3: there's a lot going on. So much. We got to go to the, our verses though. We got to go to the versus rankings. So we're going to verses
1: rankings. We, we're we're gonna we're gonna play a little game here, a um, little versus game of our own. So. To get a better sense of this movie's MCU ranking, we have listed five MCU movies, okay, with interesting parallels to Shang-Chi for us to quickly debate what the better movie is, all right? Producer six, Steve, help us out here. Go ahead and get us into this land, okay? Get us into this versus land where we're going to put these movies up and we're going to play a quick game of is it better? Is it better than
4: this? It's going to get rough. Round one, MCU origin movies that feature mystic realms, Shang-Chi or Thor? The first one, which one do you like better? Easy. It gotta be Thor.
3: It gotta be Thor. Like, here's the thing, Thor, you know, it's just, we just saw Loki, Disney Plus show. That's how like amazing Thor was in terms of like world building. And I think Shang-Chi will get there. Like, don't like, don't get it twisted. I think Shang-Chi will get there. But like Thor is iconic. Like what Tom Hiddleston did in that, what, like just, it's Thor. Am I, Jomi?
2: I'm rocking with you, Charles. I gotta admit, I'm rocking with you. I got. I think Thor is is the better film. I mean, again, like I enjoy Shang Chi, but Thor had a little, you know, some extra, you know, seeing it, you know, 2011, and then no It's a little like 2011 ish. It's not yeah, perfect, it's, you know, but
3: on, on on a on of viewing in 2021, but it's still like I gotta rock with the home. Like Thor was is he's my guy. Every like the
2: bleached eyebrows is a little much, but. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still rocking with it. I'm still rocking with Thor.
1: Nah, uh, the Shang chis better than Thor. You're wild, yeah. bro. Wow, Shang chis better than Thor, man. Like oh, Shang Chi.
3: Oh, you've only seen this movie twice, and you rated to... it? Nah, bro.
1: Nah, Shang Chi's the original Thor. Shang Chi's better than the original Thor, guys. That's the original no, Thor I is know. pretty good. The original Thor is okay. Uh Shang Chi is is better than the original Thor. It just is.
4: All <laughs> right, round two. Will the real Mandarin please stand up? Shang-Chi versus Iron Man 3. All right, it's Shang-Chi. I don't even know why this is.
2: Well, I I personally have a soft spot for Iron Man 3. I think Iron Man 3 is a little, you know, underrated, you know, and a little, you know, smirched. I
3: think Iron Man 3 is really good. Yeah. It's not, Shang-Chi is a way better movie than Iron Man 3. Like, guys, let's not troll. Like, I'm the guy with the hot takes. Let's not do this. Wait a minute, wait wait, wait, a minute. We we,
1: what we have to do. We have to have a conversation about Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is good. It's not good. Iron
3: Man it Three is good. It's not good. good. Like let's not
1: say it's good.
2: Iron that's Man going Three is good. Oh like, really? I, I, Man,
3: I have my problems with it, but I think I think there it's are good. parts of Iron Man Three that are unwatchable. Like what? 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 All the extremist shit. I mean, it's flimsy, but it's not bad. It's bad. not a bad. It's movie. not a bad. Movie. Guys, come on! Like let's not rewrite history. When Iron Man Three came out, people were pissed. No, I, I, I not I, me. I, I liked it. I loved it. And you I like it. <laughs> you I'm gonna go, about I'm gonna be honest it? with you. There's no way Shang Chi is a worse movie than Iron Man 3. There's no
1: possible way. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna go with Iron Man 3. Oh, I, th- I, I think I think it's close, but I'm gonna go with yeah. Iron Man 3. No, I think
2: okay. I think they're right next to each other. I think they're <laughs> right next to each other. It's okay. it's I'm I'm rocking I'm rocking with I'm gonna say Shang Chi, but but I love Iron Man 3. All
4: right, round three. MCU live action debuts based in San Francisco. Shang-Chi versus Ant-Man.
1: Shang-Chi's better than Ant Man.
4: No, Ant Ant-Man. Man's clear. Ant Man's clear. Ant Man's clear. In the
2: clear. Ant Man's clear.
3: Clear.
1: Ant Man's clear.
3: I like Shang-Chi better than Ant Man. Really? Ant-Man's yeah. so good. Ant-Man's so fun. Like I will say, just in terms of humor, Ant-Man's one of the funniest movies in the world. Exa-
2: yes, exactly. Just, one of the top five funniest
3: Marvel come movies. Come on, man.
1: Yeah, come on. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Shang-Chi over Ant-Man.
4: I really
3: uh, like, am. i fine. history,
4: round four, culturally rich, diverse MCU movies with artist curated original soundtracks. Shang Chi versus Black Panther.
3: You put yeah. this on the on the show with two black guys. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just like this is TV.
4: This is TV. <laughs> like, like, I can't do this. I feel Go like on, I'm gonna be set, set up, bro. You can't up. do
2: this to This a joke, bro.
1: We shouldn't have done this one. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going. I'm. I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going with Black Panther. Black Panther. I'm
4: going Black Panther. All right,
3: Panther it's Black,
4: Pan, like, <laughs> yeah, I I going going Black Panther. Like, yeah, I love Shang Chi. All right, wow. round five: MCU origin movies with multiple flashback scenes. Shang Chi and Captain Marvel. Shang Chi is clearly better than Captain
1: Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is amongst the worst MCU movies. Damn,
3: they're about been. to get you out of here. <laughs> slow, wow. down, slow down, slow okay. down, Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> it is Shang Chi. Yeah, it's Shang Chi. It's it's clearly Shang Chi. Yeah, we're not, Let's not be mean. This is a celebration. I'm thing. not being what is mean. Hey, Cap- Captain Marvel mean.
1: I enjoy Captain Marvel. Captain I, Marvel's okay. But it's among, in terms of the MCUs and the and origin, it's among the worst MCU movies that there are. Yeah. All right. Agree agree to disagree, man. Agree to disagree. All right. That was a wrap for us. We gave you guys a lot of show today, man, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about with this movie, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Go out there and see it in the Legend of the Ten Rings. Go out there and see it for a second time if you haven't already. Uh, make sure to support the film. All right. Uh, next Tuesday, join Mal for her deep dive into Shang-Chi. Uh, she's gonna do a lot more talking about this stuff and after this we'll also have a sense of how the movie did in its first weekend and it's tracking to have an amazing immense first weekend and if it does that in and of itself from a business standpoint will have a great big effect on some of the stuff that happens in the MCU going forward because uh, if this movie is successfully able to beat uh, some of the hesitancy of going out to the films because of the pandemic we might see some strategies change in the upcoming films wait can I just
3: say something real quick if the movie does do well I really hope that, like, Hollywood learns the, the right lessons. Like, in terms of just, like, dog, do not give us an Asian-led film every once in a while. Like, it's been proven multiple times. Like, yo, let's do this. Like, let, let's see Lou be a star. Like, if, if they don't get, if, like, I don't know, if he doesn't get a big role after this, I'm going to have to run up on Hollywood. You put him in your next movie, Van, because the, my man is a star. We need more Asian-led films. I want to see it happen. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm into it. I'm into it.
1: You know I'm down with it. Uh, oh, by the way, update the movie is on track to break Labor Day records, oh, wait Labor Day weekend records with sixty million on the debut. That would be really impressive for Shanshi. Okay, uh Ringiverse at Ringiverse is on Facebook, IG, and Twitter. Join us and send us questions, ideas, and thoughts. Submit your questions and voice memos to the ringiverse at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-R-I-N-G-E-R. V-E-R-S-E at gmail.com. For the first ever Midnight Mailbag, we want to hear from you and what you have to ask the Midnight Boys. State your name and where you're from. Tell us your favorite Midnight Boys moment. Ask us your questions. Keep it to 40 seconds or less uh or, or less. And then we're going to react to those next week on Wednesday. Our producer is Steve Allman. Jomi Benedict Adeneron is does our socials. An additional production we have from Arjuna. Ram Gopal and of course producer TD we love Jomi um Charles
3: take us out congrats to Malin Jomi y'all know what he do I'm begging I'm begging I'm begging please answer my DMs Simu (laughs)
5: Lu
3: I love that man alright we out